0: Welcome to the Catholic Podcast Collective. We are so happy that you are here with us. The goal of the uh, collective is just for Catholic podcasters to have a space to come together to collaborate, but also for anyone to discover um, new Catholic content that they might be interested in for us to be able to come together and have conversations. I just love this this idea of the collective, all of us coming together to help one another, to support one
1: another, and to help us share and, and put our content out there. Um, so I'm really hopeful for us working together on our projects and, and supporting, and then ultimately um, just evangelizing and getting the good news of Christ out there and bringing people to Christ.
2: Welcome the Catholic Podcast Collective, where we explore up-and-coming Catholic podcasts. We're here today with two newer Catholic podcasts, Jenna from A Shower of Roses. Hi. And Kat and Liz from
1: For a Pete Sick. Hello, hello. Hi. (laughs) Liz, I've Uh, met uh, you. Jenna. Hmm? Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I um, I said this to Liz earlier. I was thoroughly impressed by her background. It's very uh, academic
0: behind her, very bookshelfy. It is. Very nice. Because And Jenna... then you can see in my background, a dog calendar. That's it. <laughs> and then a Star Wars poster. <laughs> yes.
1: Yep. There's no if academia took...
0: in this bedroom. Yes. If Jenna... I
2: took a picture of my setup, it's not academic at all. <laughs>
1: No, but you just gotta get the back screen behind you and that's it, that's all you need. That's true. Because Jenna, I always tell people when we have bonus episodes, you don't understand. Liz and I, when we record with each other, we usually pop up in closets or like wherever we can find a space. A
0: quiet space.
2: I bribe children with a movie tonight. (laughs) Nice. So Jenna, tell us about yourself. You've been doing your podcast for a couple of seasons. It looks like you read the mass readings and discuss them every week. Uh, What got you started doing that? Why
0: the name? Yes. Yes. So my name is Jenna and my podcast is called Shower of Roses and I started it in June of
1: 2019. Oh, so you've been Um, doing it for a while.
0: For a while. Yeah. About a, a year and a half on to two years. The podcast just started from just kind of something that the Lord had put on my heart that that kind of started in in college, I went to a public university in Pennsylvania called Westchester, but I was very involved with the Newman Center there, which is a, you know, Catholic Mm -hmm. center on campus. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I did there was I was in a small group Bible study called Word. Um, and it really was not one of these Bible studies that was like very programmed and like watch a video. It wasn't that at all. We would just get together and we would read the gospel for the upcoming Sunday and then we had discussion questions and we would just talk about it. And we would read it, you know, two or three times, like very much Lexio style. Um, and that was it. And it was, I loved the simplicity of it, but I loved how it got me ready for Sunday Mass. And that if when I got to Sunday Mass, I had zoned out during the gospel, it was okay because I had I had read it three times already before I even got there. And so I already had an understanding of it before I walked into Mass so that when I was at Mass, I can just enjoy it and enjoy the homily and not spend the whole homily wondering, well, what was that line? I didn't understand that. And okay, the priest Mm -hmm. didn't explain it. Like, thanks a lot. You know what I mean? So that was something that always stuck with me. And then I did my Master's in Religious and Pastoral Studies and the format of it was very much, I could kind of, focus in on what I wanted to. So something that is always fascinating to me is the problem that the Catholic Church is having with attendance, with people being Catholic, and especially coming to Mass. People are just are not coming to Mass. I mean, especially now during COVID, but even pre-COVID, there's a huge problem with people leaving Mass. So there was always something that was fascinating to me and that I loved studying and thinking about. And what came you know, out of that was this, again, this urge that God put on my heart of what am I going to do about that? You know what I mean? Because there's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons that people are leaving mass, like the, you know, sexual scandals, like the homilies being boring, like the music being bad. And I can't really control any of that. But if the reason that people are leaving mass is because they're not understanding the readings, or because they find the Bible boring, I think there's something that I can do about that. So that's where the idea from the podcast came is you know, if if there's if I can help one person understand the context of the readings before they got there, before they even walked into Mass, then I would feel I feel like I've I've done what God is asking me to do. So that's where the idea from the podcast came from. Yeah. And then the name Um, I always, so again, in college at the Newman Center, I had, was part of this women's group that was very devoted to St. Therese of Mm Lisieux. And what her promise was, when I die, I will send down a shower of roses from heaven. I will spend my heaven doing good upon the earth. And St. Therese's whole thing was that, I mean, if you know anything about her, she was, she was nothing, what the world would say is a significant, person um when she when she died even her fellow nuns didn't even know what to say in her obituary that's just how normal she was just a simple person but her whole thing was that offering up her daily trivial tasks as a prayer and doing everything you know as a prayer to god and so i always knew that if i was ever going to do anything in ministry that phrase was always on my heart a shower of roses i knew i was going to call it that so when the idea from the podcast happened, then I knew I was going to name it a shower versus without a doubt, because I feel that it's just what God's calling me to in this time. It's a little thing that I can do as, you know, as an offering for him. Yes. I, I love, love that. Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I have been listening to your mass readings before going. And I even um, have my kids listen to it too, because like mm-hmm. the day before, just it does, it gets you in the right mindset and yep. it's, even if like we, of course we, we all know the mass schedule of the readings, but it's just different Mm -hmm. hearing it. Yeah. Like hearing it read to you is different. And then hearing commentary on it, it is always helpful. And so by the time you get to the second round of the pre saying it, it really, it like sticks to you and you actually remember it and you remember it all week long. Um, so it, I mean, I just love your podcast. It's been so helpful, but yes. Um, Part of Liz and I's story is that we're reverts back to the church. So actually for me, like we were at Bible churches. So it was actually like not Bible readings that I came back for. It was the Eucharist. Cause I was like, I can, I can hop on a podcast. I can listen to the Bible. I can read the Bible. I can get that commentary. Mm
2: -hmm. Sola Scriptura has a certain level of Scriptura. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sure you guys are excellent Bible scholars, but there's definitely something about reading it from the Catholic perspective that's totally different.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the idea of like typology or reading the new and the old together, that blew my mind. And I thought that mm. I had read and reread the Bible so many times to, to see it in that perspective. Like, mm-hmm. not that I came back to the Catholic church because of the Bible, but seeing the way that the Catholic church marries it together and then mm. also how they, they use it also in the liturgy of the mass, like to see it played out in front of me as they're chanting. Mm-hmm. And it's like a full sensory explosion of yes. the word. It was, I think that really looking mm-hmm. at it from a biblical perspective at the mass again was really yes. what kind of blew my mind. I'm like, this was under my nose this whole time. I didn't even know yes. it. yes.
2: That's, I love that about your podcast, because it is, we have this under our noses, but sometimes it takes someone saying, hey, I know you've heard this every other, every third year, your whole life, but maybe you didn't know this.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I was just, I just recorded the episode for the second Sunday of Lent, and the reading is Abraham taking Isaac up the mountain Mm -hmm. to sacrifice it. Can you imagine listening to that passage at Mass? And and being like, what the heck? Like having no yes. sense of context or why, or mm-hmm. understanding of the you know what I mean of the covenant. Yes. Like I would be like, what in the world is going on here? Or uh, I what think, is wrong with your God? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think that's a lot of issue that people struggle with with Old Testament readings is just not understanding the context and the and the hermeneutics and how it re- relates to the New Testament. And unfortunately. Not every homily that you hear, there are really good homless priests out there that mm-hmm. are going to take that time to explain it, and great for them. But they're not required to do that. They can take the homily however they want to. Right. And we yes. also know that there's also priests, God love them, but who preach on something that has nothing to do with the reading, or they mm-hmm. pick, like, one line out of the reading and then preach on that for 20 minutes. And that's fine. They're allowed to do that. That's up to them. And I don't think a homily is necessarily always the time to do the explanation of the readings it's not supposed yes. to be that it's supposed to be preaching so people need to be getting that somewhere so yeah so that's why that's why absolutely <laughs> so okay can we turn the tables on you ladies then oh yes. my yes absolutely so did you both did you guys meet post reversion yes or like okay both of you had
2: reverted i was in the process of reverting i Made the choice to be Catholic, but hadn't been for but a couple of weeks, maybe when I met Kat. Cat- and I, I, think I river didn't river.
1: know that. I actually didn't know that till recently because in one of our podcasts, oh. she was telling me that like she was a fresh revert when we met. I'm like, I had no idea. I thought she was just normal wow. Catholic Liz. So I didn't know it was that fresh when she met me. So yeah. <laughs> And wow. then I, yeah, I reverted. Yeah. So I left, like I left the church in high school and then I reverted back, I think my sophomore year of college. So, wow. but it's weird. Cause I never really felt I was completely in other churches. I was doing mission work. I was fully involved, but I mm-hmm. think a part of me never really felt like I was not Catholic. Like I would even go to other denominations, Bible studies, and they would talk about Catholics and I would. Like, that's without me? some apologetics and be like well actually that's not what we believe at all but but even right. though I wasn't in union with the church I I thought I disagreed with so much of the church and things like that so it was interesting that even my time I was gone I never really felt I never would have considered myself gone until I came back and then I was like oh yeah I was gone <laughs> I wasn't wow. I wasn't here
2: And I completely rejected
0: the church and everything to do with her in every way. Wow. So, I mean, like, I don't want to make you guys give, like, your full reversion stories, but it was the Eucharist for both of you that drew you back? Yep. And
2: confession for me, actually. But the Eucharist was also a craving I didn't know I had until I saw it again. And I, I was there to confess, and I was like, oh... Oh, that's the whole. Wow.
1: Yeah. Mine was also the Eucharist. Um, tough story. Um, mine was the same. And I think actually going to mass again for the first time I went to, I went to Easter vigil with my parents one year. And wow. I think, um, I think sitting there, it kind of really hit me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, and it really hit me because I was involved in a church that was Pentecostal. So spirit led 1000%. And I remember sitting at Easter vigil and staring at the Eucharist and thinking, this doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that he is in two, he's two beings or he's, he's man, but he's also God. He's in two realms. He's in the physical realm and the spiritual realm. It Mm. didn't make any sort of sense to me as I was sitting there at mass that he would leave me in one aspect and not leave me in the other that he would leave me in the physical form wouldn't make sense I'm like he devised a way to stay with me he devised a way to stay in the physical and spiritual 1000 percent. so as I was staring at the Eucharist I was like
0: I left him but he never left me whoa man Woo! I got goosey bumps <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know I don't want like talking about me leaving him because he was sitting here this whole time like
0: "Cat, where yep. you been Yep. wow phenomenal phenomenal so are you cradle then let's cradle. switch it to you cradle catholic yes cradle catholic, I yes. Love cradle catholic. catholic. Oh. so faithful yes. so loyal <laughs> never well I, I mean loyal is a, is a stretch I know ne- yeah <laughs> I never really like I never left the church for the most part, like went to mass every Sunday, but for prior to college, that was really the, the extent of it. I never, I I feel like no one ever really told me that Christ I heard, you know, Jesus loves me, but like on a personal level, you know, that a relationship with Christ was possible. That was a foreign concept to me. And then my senior year of high school, I there was like kind of the series of events. I went on a retreat. Um, I went to a Steubenville conference the oh, summer after my senior year. Yes. And that is, that'll ugly. get you. Oh yeah. I mean, the Lord like broke through. It just felt like every glass wall around my heart was just like shattered, you know, and the Lord just like broke through. So no, I never left, but that, it wasn't really until I was you know much much old you know older that mm-hmm. um that it all that i i really pursued you know the the personal aspect of of the scene well
1: and honestly that could have been the way that he intended because maybe he oh, yeah. wanted you to have that great foundation you yes. cradles you have the vocab you have the like the experience of uh being used to going to mass every week and then he and then he slips in a little bit more
0: <laughs> yes yes it totally played out in a in a perfect perfect plan perfect sequence of events so
1: yeah my husband's a cradle oh man I love him for it because it's just like I think faith just naturally is in his life so like things aren't a really big deal to him or if an event happens he's kind of like it's fine God God's watching you know Mm. thy will be done is definitely like ingrained in him I'm like oh how do you do
0: that right right (laughs) That's amazing. Um, okay, so your podcast is called For Pete's Sake. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us about it. Tell us when and why you decided to start it. And why I love this concept. And it's so unique. Why did you decide to do something sp- so specific on encyclicals? And, and do you guys read letters, too? Cable we will, eventually. will, we, well. okay. But- and, that, like, why that as opposed to just kind of, like, a generally Catholic podcast
2: I was sitting uh, it was actually this past um, election our church had adoration for the election and I was sitting there and I'm trying to pray for Trump and for Biden and for the country and for unity and for hope all those good things and I I just couldn't do it (laughs) I kept thinking of Pope Francis and how some parts of the world make him out to be this horrible human being Mm. that He's leading the church away. He's the Antichrist. And then other parts are like, he's, you know, the second coming. He's right. everything we've always been hoping for. No Pope has ever been this before. And none of that is true. I'm a revert. I know. I read everything. Yes. Um. <laughs> and so I was just sitting there and my husband has had a podcast before. We had all the gear, getting dust in the basement. And I was just like, you should start a podcast. Okay. No, but I'm supposed to be praying for the president here. Start a podcast. President! Podcast. Okay, fine. <laughs> and I got, went home and I texted Kat, do you want to start a podcast?
1: So I think she thought of me because we were already in like a book club together where mm-hmm. she was reading and we were discussing Fratelli Tutti. So we were already in that zone yes. of papal and cyclicals.
0: Wow so this your podcast started this past november 20 like when 2020 it it was like a week before oh wow i didn't realize how new it
1: was yeah oh yeah we're brand new and i love that yeah like her and her husband already had the experience to podcast and i've done some video editing so it's kind of like we're just gonna merge our talents and see where where this goes (laughs)
2: Yeah, That's glorious. And so we're not actually, we're only about halfway through uh, Fratelli Tutti. It's pretty long, but we have loads of things that we want to do once we're done with Fratelli Tutti's older things. Wow. All kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. I think for me also, it was just reading papal and encyclicals and things like that, especially when I reverted back to the church for a long time. Like Liz and I talked about like trying to be perfect Catholics. Like reverbs always are like, <laughs> They dive in, but then they're like, I have to absorb and learn everything about the Catholic church. Yes. So, so when yes. I, when I finally started to kind of opening myself up to papal documents, it was such a freeing experience because you're beating your head against the wall and there's all these different letters and all these different encyclicals mm-hmm. and synods and things that you can go through that can already help you like guide you to these forms of thinking like political economics, um, mm. it's just amazing how much information is in there, mm-hmm. and the thing is, we still as Catholics, we still have free will. They're not they're not dogma, but yes. my goodness, it helps to know where they're coming mm-hmm. from not only to read through papal encyclicals, but then also have a little commentary. Like we always give more sources. Mm -hmm. Like here's the paragraphs Mm -hmm. we read. Here's a good book list that goes with that. Or Mm -hmm. um, we just Mm -hmm. did a bonus episode with a PhD in economics because we were in chapters three and four. And Pope Francis does touch on a little bit more of the economic side and a little bit more political. And it's like, well, he's a very practical Pope. He yes. yes, he is. Uh, we can comment the best we can, but we're going to also pull in some more information mm-hmm. for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, is kind Absolutely. of where where we want to aim it.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. There's so much to be learned from people in sickles, especially with Pope Francis. I, there's so much to learn about just like the Catholic Church's social teaching, mm-hmm. which is something that I think a lot of people, even in the Catholic Church, don't know. Yep that the Catholic Church has a a lot to say about whatever. Climate change, the environment, you know, marriage, whatever.
2: People assume, Americans assume. I'm not from anywhere else, but Americans assume that the church has something to say about the bedroom and uh, how much money you give them, and that's it. And it has actually something to say about literally every single thing you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like... Especially like going through like Pope Leo the mm-hmm. Thirteenth, this is Ream Navarum. It's amazing because even in that one, that was a papal encyclical that reshaped economic climate. Like it mm-hmm. helped it helped with so much. Like just wages. Like people, laity don't even think that these papal encyclicals really changed Mm -hmm. that sort of atmosphere when they did and there's and you still need to read them to understand where our mindset is especially with Pope Francis you know we'll get comments all the time that's like oh he's socialist he's this and that but they really don't understand Catholic social teaching to even Mm -hmm. be able to to understand how to view their comments on that. It's just kind of like they just regurgitate the same things over and over do. again. But without the context of the the past papal and to kind of like showcase where he's coming from.
2: There are yeah. places that you could say there is overlap, but that doesn't mean that he is socialist. It means that there's a place where Catholic social teaching and even atheistic socialists can agree on policy measures without agreeing on philosophy at all.
0: Yes, Yes, yes. I think Pope Francis is someone that is one of the most, like, misquoted people, but then also just, like, people just take these one-liners from him totally out of context and mistranslate them, or you know what I mean? And I think people mistake his compassion Mm -hmm. and concern for social justice, which is good, but just, like, totally out of context and people are like he's a progressive pope he's gonna change the church's teaching and i'm like sorry i don't know why i used a southern draw for that but i'm like like no he's a he's a catholic pope yes yes Catholic first my husband
1: yeah we're very conservative but my husband always says like no he's saying exactly what you want your pope to say right he's not a politician like he's not you know he's not in that realm but yes but Agreed. he's saying what lines up exactly what every other pope has said mm-hmm. before him. It right. lines up perfectly with all the other teachings on Catholic social teaching. It's it's like, it's not a mystery to me, and I don't understand. Without that context, people just go haywire. Yep. Yeah.
0: So God bless your podcast for giving us <laughs> some uh,
2: context. Our, t- our tagline: uh, Saint Peter ora pronobis. or pro pronobus.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pray for us, please.
2: Please and please. Please. I love that. Uh we really did talk about a lot of why you might want to read Capital T tradition for yourself. Um but would you have anything more to say on that? As someone who clearly has a degree
0: in this. Well, yeah. Well don't don't put too much uh <laughs> that's not too much stock in that. Yeah, it's just like I think it comes down to taking ownership mm-hmm. of your spirituality and of your religion. And I think that's why people are one of the reasons again why people are falling away is because because people treat Catholicism sometimes like this thing, this like cute thing that they did when they were little. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so we need to start viewing our Catholicism as something that's personal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to say that I'm Catholic, like, do I know the stuff? Yes. Do I want to take ownership of my religion and learn it for myself? Yep. And not just have it regurgitated to me, but, like, picking it up and reading it yourself and underlining and highlighting and saying, wait, what? What does that mean? And then going in the footnotes and... Yeah.
2: Am I eating this for myself or is this some kind of, like, religion food fight and the
0: priest is throwing mashed potatoes at my head? Right. Yes, exactly. And I I think people want it. They're hungry for it. Like, we just had Ash Wednesday, right? Mm And we all know that Ash Wednesday is, like, everyone comes to Ash Wednesday. Which is amazing. It is. Fantastic. So, on Ash Wednesday, we get the sign of the cross on our head in dirt. Yes. And we walk around with that all day. People are not ashamed to be marked as Catholic. Yeah. I know people you know what I mean? who declare it their favorite sacrament
2: and you're like, not a, it's a sacramental, but not a, I'm glad but you love it. But your heart's in the
0: right place. <laughs> so right? close. So close. It's not even a holy day of obligation. So right. it, there's a hunger there. Yes. They made the effort to go and they're going to have those, that on their forehead all day and people are going to ask them, you have, you have dirt on their forehead and they're going to say, actually, no, it's Ash Wednesday. I'm Catholic. Yes. They don't have a problem saying that, yep. so so let's empower those people. You know, you yes. have, you are proud to be called a Catholic, clearly. So step up and take some ownership for it. You know, Absolutely. yeah, I think
1: I think also in mass, like it's almost like they don't meditate enough, and they're not fully aware of the two realms going on. Like mm-hmm. that, like we're physically there, but then like I I sit there and like I kind of look around, like what am I not? What can I not see in this room? And that's what really like Have you seen the me. Veil
2: movie? Movie. It's like 6 minutes <gasps> long. Yes.
0: yes. Yes. Isn't it gorgeous? Cry every time. I know, right? Yes. I watched that for the first time I was at my uh, sorry, gentlemen. I was at a gynecologist appointment and she's Catholic. My I love her to death. She's an amazing Catholic woman. And I forget why we were talking about mass. Um probably because we were talking about chastity or something and she goes, "Have you seen the Veil?" And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, okay, we're going to watch it right now. So sitting in the <laughs> okay, That's a gynecologist awful. you and want. I watched it with her and we're both like, uh. and it's just, a, it's a beautiful, yeah, everyone stop and watch. Yeah. It. It'll be in the Sorry. show notes. Yes, please.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we have been going for about a half an hour, so be sure to check Jenna out at the podcast, A Shower of Roses. Yes. And she's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. Um, You can find Kat and I at For Pete's Sake Podcast, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. All those links are in the show notes for you. We would all love it if you subscribed, rate, and reviewed us. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast, the Catholic Podcast Collective, if you want to keep hearing from more up-and-coming Catholic podcasts.